Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings Parlays, everyone's got a shot at an even bigger basketball win. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HOOPS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. Well, it's November 1st of the year 2023, and we all just watched a basketball game where LeBron James was the best player on the floor, and Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook were all on the same floor. It was it was weird a few years ago. Now it's borderline absurd as LeBron's late career 
you know, star level play just continues to not make any sense at all whatsoever compared to anything in NBA history. The Lakers play their first extended stretch of good basketball in this young season and notch their most impressive win, beating the Clippers to get to three and two. We're going to be breaking that game down from the perspective of both teams. We are changing our kind of layout for uh, coverage this season. I want to try to hit fewer individual games and more deep dives on individual teams. And so in this particular show tonight, we're just breaking down Lakers Clippers. For those of you guys who missed it earlier today, we broke down Sun Spurs from last night, but we also did deep dives on the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies on multiple games, multiple trends, lineup data, big picture stuff going on with both particular teams. That's going to be kind of more like what the structure looks like from now on. Tomorrow morning, we're going to cover Warriors Kings, and then we're going to do deep dives on the Boston Celtics and on the Milwaukee Bucks, another two teams that are having very interesting starts to their season. So that's going to be kind of like the structure of the show, at least if, uh, in the immediate future. So in this episode, just covering Lakers Clippers, check out our feed for Mavericks, for Grizzlies. Don't forget about uh, the Sun Spurs breakdown. And then tomorrow we're going to hit a bunch of other stuff from the Wednesday night slate. You guys know the drill. Before we get started, subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is our brand new YouTube channel. We're trying to get it off the ground. It would mean a lot to me if you guys would take a couple seconds. Just scroll down and hit that subscribe button. Don't forget about our social media feeds, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. It's where I'm doing video breakdowns and show announcements. I do extensive video breakdowns every morning on my Twitter feed. So that's a good spot to be if you want to see more visual representations. Don't forget about our podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast under hoops tonight. And then last but not least, keep dropping mailbag questions in the YouTube comments so we can hit them throughout the season. All right, let's talk some basketball. So, like I said at the B, at the intro of the show, this was the first extended stretch of good Laker basketball this season. Even if you look at their couple of wins, like let's look at the individual games. They got pretty much their ass handed to them from start to finish against the Denver Nuggets, right? You look at the Sacramento Kings lost. They were kind of in trouble throughout that game. Then they kind of sort of got some control in the fourth quarter, then immediately blew that and then lost an OT, right? Then you look at the win against the Suns, and they were down big a lot of the second half and just had this hellacious effort in the fourth quarter to get back and win the game, right? And then after that, we had the Orlando Magic game where once again, they trailed big in the second half and they had this hellacious effort to kind of get back into it in the fourth quarter. And even in those games, there wasn't a lot of encouraging stuff to look at that was like translatable moving forward. As a matter of fact, I said for those of you guys who listened to this afternoon's show that I was severely worried about the Lakers in tonight's game because they just weren't playing very good basketball and the Clippers are playing very well at the start of the season. Well, you saw at the beginning of that game, it was kind of a continuation of that trend. Clippers playing great basketball, a lot of the same issues that were plaguing the Lakers early on were plaguing them, right? Like really struggling to score in the half court. Austin Reeves still very much in a funk. The defense just nowhere near where it was last year, which was like a significant chunk of their winning identity was like playing defense, right? Like not just your go, go-to go guys that you depend on, but down the roster, just commitment to those details. And a lot of those things were going the wrong way for the Lakers to start the season. And the only way... You don't just like randomly start making shots and then you start winning games. You have to reverse those trends on an individual basis. They really struggled with defensive rebounding down the stretch, especially in a bunch of their early games this season. Much better defensive rebounding effort 
down the stretch of this game. Just everybody just flying to the basketball to secure contested defensive rebounds. Even just look at like little things like Russell Westbrook bullied Austin Reeves a few times early on in the game, at least once in the first half and then again in the early second half, right? D'Angelo Russell has been bullied at the point of attack a bunch of times this season. Gabe Vincent's done better than those two guys, but has still struggled a little bit. Well, Critical possession late in overtime. Russ tries to bully Austin Reeves, and he just does a better job. Like, just does a better job and holds his ground and forces Russ into a much tougher shot that he misses, and then again on the on the backside, the gang defensive rebounding. The extra efforts defensively. Uh, Christian Wood had a massive block on Ivica Zubak down the stretch when AD went for his pump fake. And then Christian Wood talked about in his post-game presser after the Magic uh, game about him being essentially a second line of defense behind AD, and he's watching AD. You can literally see on the play. Christian Wood sees the pump fake, looks at AD, sees AD jump, stays down, waits for the second one, then goes up and gets it. We talked a lot in this offseason about over-the-top shot making. You need guys to make shots at the end of basketball games, and you got none of that out of LeBron and AD last year. What did you get out of LeBron tonight? Reliable, over-the-top shot making in the half court, over contests, beating P.J. Tucker for a pull-up jump shot, beating Ivica Zubak on a switch with a pull-up three. He hit two other tough kind of like semi-transition pull-up jump shots around the foul line. You can tell LeBron James feels more comfortable with his pull-up jump shot at this exact point in time than he had probably all of last season, which is crazy to say. There was no extended stretch of LeBron reliably knocking down jump shots last season. And again, it's it's one game, but in terms of the body language and the timing and the level of defense, for him to be making those shots, that's super encouraging. That specifically is a ceiling raiser for this team. That was one of the huge things that held them back last year. Early in the season, Austin Reeves was giving you absolutely nothing. A lot of different things going south for him. I mean, he's clearly just in a slump, right? But one of the worst slumps I've seen from a player. Like he was he was struggling to impact winning in any of the ways that he usually does, right? What happens in that second half, starting in that third quarter, gets a little bit of a heater, right? Hits two or three shots in a row, makes a couple of plays. Suddenly when they need him in overtime to take over the offense, he's confident and ready to go in that situation. Again, like Austin Reeves is the third best player on this Lakers team. He's arguably their best pick and roll shot creator. This is not the first time they've relied on him down the stretch to close out a big game. They did that against the the Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs last year. He just is one of, he's the best player on the Lakers at working downhill in pick and roll and finding those little spots in the mid range to generate his own shot. He can knock down those shots. He can get to the foul line. He can make the reads from there. He made a huge read in pick and roll to Cam Reddish in the right corner for a wide open three down the stretch. So like, again, all of these trends turning is what made the team play better. LeBron James late game shot making was an issue in the entire last season, a little bit of an issue to start this season, right? Then uh, outside of a few few clutch jump shots in the fourth quarter, he struggled to knock down jump shots, right? Then we get into this game, the pull-up jump shots going in, right? Austin Reeves struggling to start the season. Austin Reeves gets his mojo back. Suddenly the Lakers look like a more dynamic offense, right? And then the defense, this is the hugest part of it. Like 
when it comes to the Lakers, their identity is defense. There's a lot of talk about the offense coming into the season, and I certainly expected it to be better than it was. There's no doubt. This is a team that should at the very least be a good offense, right? But this is a team whose best trait is what they can do on the defensive end of the floor when LeBron James is engaged, when Anthony Davis is engaged. This is the third time in a row where when they've closed with Christian Wood, they've looked excellent defensively down the stretch and been able to pull out a win. And then guys just competing on the point of attack at a higher level than they had in the past. I thought I want to credit a couple of specific guys. I thought both Cam Reddish and Max Christie in that third quarter finally started to disrupt Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's rhythm a little bit with good point of attack defense, just physical ball pressure, making them feel uncomfortable. Cam Reddish had a huge steal that led to a run out for the Lakers on Paul George in that third quarter. And then Anthony Davis and Christian Wood, just this devastating back line of two seven foot tall dudes that can block shots, that can grab contested rebounds. They They were the ones who turned the game around. Obviously, LeBron James carries you home in the fourth quarter. Then they blow the lead late, right? But then Austin Reeves carries you in OT. But it was the defense that got you back into the game. They allowed 24 points in that third quarter. They, uh, uh, a bunch of key possessions where even Anthony Davis and Christian Wood switched on to Kawhi Leonard and got stops. They were able to push out in transition off of those stops. That's their formula. Committed defense at all three levels. Point of attack, help, backside rebounding. Right, Pushing in transition off of stops and turnovers. LeBron Anthony Davis, rim pressure in the half court. Austin Reeves spread pick and roll. I would, if it were up to me, especially in those lineups where AD and D, AD, AR and D'Lo are on the floor together, let Austin run the show. Get D'Lo off the ball. He's just a little bit more steady of a playmaker in that specific position. It slots everybody properly. It, 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 the Lakers are just better when they run through LeBron Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves. But make no mistake, it's got to start on the defensive end of the floor. A lot of encouraging stuff there. I, I was literally thinking during the game, you know, um, going into the game in the first quarter, I felt like the Lakers didn't have much chance at all to win that game. I didn't think they were playing well enough. But what was funny was is I felt the exact opposite going into overtime, right? So Paul George, Paul George is incredible. He had four impossible pull-up threes that he made in the fourth quarter. Every single one of them was well defended by the Lakers. All of them go in. Huge part of why they had a chance to win that game. They had a driving and one on Anthony Davis as well. Paul George was just absolutely incredible. But I remember thinking, going into the overtime, Lakers got a good chance to win this game. Why? Because what is replicable about a slowdown half-court environment for both teams? The Lakers were getting great shots every time down the floor. Out of shot creation by LeBron James and Anthony Davis, or excuse me, LeBron James and Austin Reeves, and then Anthony Davis's ability to get a switch, run down to the block, call for the basketball, and either get a bucket or draw a foul, right? So, like, they were just getting better shots. Down on the other end of the floor, the Clippers were getting nothing aside from Paul George making impossible pull-up threes. And so if I get five minutes of slow-down half-court possessions, I feel better about the team that's getting the better shots in that particular situation. Now they still, they still had themselves a chance um, uh, thanks to a step back three from Kawhi Leonard and a, and one in the lane where he got fouled by Anthony Davis, but he's Kawhi Leonard. He's going to do that sometimes. Right. But I thought the Lakers kind of recaptured a bunch of their specific identity win or lose in this game. Even if let's say uh, Paul George makes all three free throws, they go to OT and the Clippers win. I would still feel a lot better about what this Lakers team is doing right now after that than I would 
in that first half. A bunch of key trends reversed. That looked a lot more like the Lakers that we saw for the entire tail end of the regular season last year and the playoffs. Like I said at the beginning of the season, sometimes basketball teams just play bad basketball. And the Lakers were playing bad basketball to start the season. They played good basketball in the second half and in overtime against the Clippers. If they continue to play like that, they're going to win a lot of games in this regular season. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. For the Clippers, Paul George is putting his money where his mouth is. He said before the season that he was going to be back on his bully shit, and I thought he played extremely well in this game. Um, The pull-up shooting with Paul George, it's always like a give and a take. Because what drives me crazy with this particular Clippers team watching them is they almost entirely rely on tough pull-up jump shooting. And again, what do I always say about this kind of stuff? I said the same thing about the Suns. I like tough pull-up jump shooting because it's such a great ceiling raiser. But if it is your bread and butter, you are susceptible to cold stretches, right? Like Kawhi Leonard got couple of uh, pull-up threes in OT as well, right? And uh, and then a wide-open catch-and-shoot three in the left corner. And it's like, maybe they go in, maybe they don't. If they go in, different game, right? But juxtapose that with the type of shots the Lakers were getting closer to the rim in OT, pushing down their throats in transition in OT. Like, the Lakers look at LeBron James' shot-making as a supplementary thing to their rim pressure offense, right? They look at Austin Reeves hitting the occasional tough jump shot and pick and roll as a supplementary thing to their rim pressure offense, right? 
if you rely entirely on pull-up jump shooting, there's just too much variance there. This is where I like the James Harden fit because if you take what Paul George did tonight and you couple that with quality half-court offense, say, for instance, James Harden does exactly what he did with Joel Embiid but with Kawhi Leonard, okay? Set him up on the left wing, have Kawhi Leonard set up a hard ball screen, have James Harden work downhill towards the right, and set Kawhi Leonard up with catch like catch isos at the elbow or at the top of the key in pick and pop situations. Have a defender closing out on him and just have Kawhi Leonard work with an advantage all game long. Like, or if you have to put some big strong defender on Kawhi and he switches on to James Harden, he can hit him with a dribble move, get the defense into rotation that way. James Harden specializes at getting the defense in rotation. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard specialize on hitting over-the-top jump shots. Russell Westbrook also specializes at getting the defense in rotation, but there comes a lot of baggage with that, right? You have two bizarre uh, fourth-quarter driving transition attempts where he turned the ball over. The Lakers were ignoring him off the ball throughout the fourth quarter, which continued to kind of uh, uh, you know mess things up for them offensively. I'm sure Lakers fans, it felt probably pretty cathartic to be on the other side of those Russell Westbrook late game you know snafus. Um, but again, like that's kind of the thing here. Russell Westbrook gets you into rotation, but comes with all of this downside, right? James Harden, at least within the context of the regular season, is a much more steady version of what Russell Westbrook brings in the half court in terms of getting the ball, getting the ball moving in the defense in rotation. It looks different. With Russ, it's more just brute force downhill, right? With James Harden, it's methodical. It's about body position. It's leveraging the defender to lean the wrong way in a ball screen so that he can get downhill. James is excellent at setting up his man for ball screen. James is a a great pull-up jump shooter in the regular season, consistently right around 55% in effective field goal percentage. Like He's just a better version of that. You know, And that's kind of the way I see the formula in the big picture. Like When James Harden was unavailable to play, Terrence Mann was out. They had to lean a lot on Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook down the stretch of this game. There's a different version of this where it's going to be James Harden and Terrence Mann with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Ivica Zubak, right? That's that's going to be a more functional two-way lineup on both ends of the floor with their ability to set Kawhi Leonard and Paul George up with better offensive opportunities and then on the uh, just a more steady overall approach from the standpoint of decision-making, right? Um Russ is going to have his opportunities in the loose portions of the game. Now, again, it's going to be a similar type of challenge to what he had with the Lakers. James Harden is a little bit redundant with him. He's going to have to work off the ball more. He's going to have fewer touches, fewer minutes. So it's going to be a challenge for Russ, but he does seem happier and he does seem to be a better fit with the Clippers locker room. I've talked to some people um, uh, uh, who have told me that like Russell Westbrook just in general jives better with the Clippers in terms of his overall vibe and the vibe of that locker room. So like he's it's going to be fine, but he's going to have to make an adjustment when James Harden comes into the picture. That I it was one of those games where like I feel better about both teams after watching because Paul George looks better than he has in a couple years. Kawhi Leonard looks fantastic. He definitely lost his legs a little bit in the second half. That's typical tail end of a back to back right and to pull up jump shot coming up short in a lot of cases. That's to be expected. Um, But I felt better about the Clippers because Paul George is incredible. James Harden's going to organize them on offense at a higher level. You know, Terrence Mann is going to be able to bring some of that like physical force that Russell Westbrook does in that lineup, in that off-ball role. They've got options. They've got depth. I uh, uh, Maybe not as much depth as they did before the trade, 
But I, I like the position that the Clippers are in right now. All right, guys, that is all I have for tonight. We're going to be back tomorrow with a breakdown of the Kings and the Warriors and Clay Thompson's game winner. And then we're going to do deep dives on the Celtics and the Bucks. As always, I appreciate you guys for supporting the show, and I will see you tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.